one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday. Had a great meeting here at the Salem Center for SWAT um, and also my wife was at her first uh, SWAT women's study today, and she very much enjoyed it, so it was great. Uh, if you have not gone to SWAT this week, uh, check them out Thursday, tomorrow uh, at 6.30 at Jumpin' Jacks, and Friday down in St. Augustine. Yes, and uh, Beverly asked down uh, in the uh, desk uh, when you come in the Salem Center if she said uh, she's uh, a lot of times I greet her down there with Angie and they they do a lot of stuff here mm-hmm. and we're so grateful for them but she said will not you tell what SWAT women SWAT is SWAT women is and so SWAT women is spiritual warriors advancing truth women who come together around the word with a passion to know God's word in community and be like the master be like Jesus and my wife, Lori's teaching it. They're teaching through Acts. They're using the Chronological Study Bible. And if you are a woman and you live in the Jacksonville, North Florida area and you want to come, they meet every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And if you want, you can uh, send an email to lmccary at me.com. That's L-M-C-C-A-R-Y at me.com. Uh, or go to the SWATradio.com website and just if you can, if you don't can't write that down. Go to SWATradio.com, send an email, said, "Hey, I want to know more about SWAT women. How how can I go?" And Lori will send you an email. So uh, it, they just want to be women coming together around the word uh, in community together, and they do that every week, and that's what we do. And we had you were at the meeting day. We had a good group of guys down there, and. Uh, we are working through Acts as well. Acts chapter 8. We finished chapter 8 today, which was uh, good. But um, And if you're just tuning into SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And that means that uh, we are about uh, putting the truth of Jesus Christ out there, being people of light in a culture of darkness. And uh, usually during the first segment, we uh, will talk about things going on in our culture, things that you might read in the newspaper, see on the news, um, what's going on around the country, whatever. Sometimes they're local issues, sometimes they're national issues. But we just try to look at those things from a Christian perspective, not a political perspective, but a Christian perspective. And I realize that uh, we have people that listen that have different points of view, and that's okay. Um, we, we, you know, we don't try to offend anybody. We just try to, uh, point toward the truth of a matter and look at it from a biblical standpoint. And so, um, we realize when you only have an hour and then you have 15 minute segments that are cut into by a minute and a half, you can't get everything in. And so, um, but we try to, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just so people or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you're listening for the first time is usually, how we, we will deal with what we covered in SWAT 
Bible study the last week, and this week we're looking at Acts chapter 8, verses uh, 9 through 25. And uh, so today we're going to finish up that looking at Simon, uh, who is Simon the Magician, who was a false believer. He was a false convert, actually. And uh, tomorrow we actually have a guest, Taylor, uh, and uh, his name is Mike uh, Gendron, G-E-N-D-R-O-N. Uh, Mike has a website called Proclaiming the Gospel. He's in from the Dallas area. And uh, Mike is uh, a guy who was a false convert for many years. Yeah. Believed he was a believer, true believer. Uh, and uh, he's going to be our guest tomorrow, call in. And uh, he's going to share his story along with his ministry and uh, he's got some good resources out there, and um, he is friends with a lot of the people that we've had on, uh, you know, uh, Justin Peters and uh, Bill Johnson and the guys from, uh, um, oh, gosh, I can't even think of their names now, you know, Virgil and mm. uh, Just Thinking yeah. Podcast. And Daryl. Yeah, in fact, that's where he is. They're all mm. up there together at G3. We should have been there this week. It's at mm. G3 Conference in Atlanta this oh, week. Wow. But uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, that's he, he's going to be our guest tomorrow. I hope you will to tune in. Um, uh, hey, uh, I wanted to bring out something that was, uh, uh, I think it was in the New York Times uh, today. Uh, the ACLU put out a tweet um, uh, changing. Did you see that? They changed the quote. Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh, quoted, yeah. uh, she quoted something about abortion uh, uh, and uh, she, they, the, the, here's her quote, the decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a woman's life, to her well-being and dignity. It's a decision she must make for herself. When government controls that decision for her, she's being treated as less than a fully adult human responsible for her own choices. We don't agree with that. I mean, that's, we don't agree with the quote, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that was a quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, she said the decision of whether or not to bear a child is central to a woman's life, her well-being, and dignity. And so um, the ACLU <laughs> changed the quote to the decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a person's life. Why? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I remember when I was in the FBI Academy um, years ago, and we were trying to decide every class that goes through the FBI Academy. Um, they have a motto for their shirt. You know, they get a collared shirt for that particular class. And yeah, we uh, did that in the police academy. You did. Mm-hmm. And um, well, anyway, so the the uh, the uh, the quote that we chose uh, is one man with courage is a majority. Okay, and uh, it was uh, I think it was a Thomas Jefferson quote. I think Thomas Jefferson said that. And that was the quote. That's his quote. That's his words. That's what it's known for from being from Thomas Jefferson, that one man with courage is a majority. Well, because it wasn't politically correct. We had to put one with courage is a majority. Yeah. Back then. Yes. 
That was in the early 90s. Well, you know, I guess, like I said before, the political correctness, what we're seeing now, and uh, that kind of started then and kind of got defeated a little bit, and and then it started coming back around 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. So I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but it is. uh, It might might have been Andrew Jackson. I said Thomas Jefferson. I think it might have been Andrew Jackson. Mm -hmm. Uh, One man with courage makes a majority. It was either Jefferson or Jackson, but the point being it was one of those guys – and it was a quote that's been known throughout history, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to change it. And that's what the ACLU did. They changed Ruth. They want to use her quote, but they don't want to use her quote. Yeah. They want to tweak it. Well, which is what you were talking about yesterday, how their uh, worldview, how it falls apart and collapses in on itself. I mean, that's an example of that. And, I mean, I guess you could also say that's an example of uh, Newspeak, right, from, uh, yeah. what, 1984, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, was that? Yeah. In 1984, yeah, yeah, yeah. Newspeak. Um so yeah, that, that that you just oh we're just changing definitions and stuff. I think they did come out and apologize because they got enough backlash. But that their intent uh, there, that their first uh, instinct and reaction was to change that because you know more than just a woman can have a baby, don't you know, Doug? Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing: LGBTQ ideology um, pretty much denies the existence of biological women. Well, you know what it is? It, so, you know, we, we've been we're talking about deconstruction, and we've been talking about how people deconstruct their faith, but de- that's part of a larger movement, really, to deconstruct reality. And, and the LGBT movement is uh, closely aligned with that. And, and, and our society has gone so far that, you know, the first things God created them, man and woman, right? Yeah. We're deconstructing that. And, I mean, we're, we're not a society that's built on anything. There's nothing that's holding it together except for people's lack of will to go to war with for what they believe. Well, the guy who did the quote, um, he he was confronted about it, right? And he said, well, I would like to believe that if she were alive today, she would be okay with what we did. <laughs> I mean, that isn't, that isn't that funny? I mean, like, uh, yeah, we misquoted her, and we, we did it deliberately, but if she were alive, she'd be okay with it. Well, first off... <laughs> She I mean, might, she might have been. I mean, you know, well, she might have been. But second, he said that like she died like a hundred years ago or something. You know what I mean? It's like okay, wow. That that that's how fast things are changing right now in the in the culture. They and the society. are changing so fast, and you know we, you know, people we, we talk all the time on here about different issues in our culture, and and the the church interacts with culture. And we do. We have to have a biblical worldview when it comes to what's going on in our world. And that that means that as we talk during this first segment, and yes, we spill over sometimes into the second segment. Hopefully we don't too much, oh, because we want to get into the text. And today we're getting into Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25. But, you know, dealing with Christian worldview, one of the things that um, was helpful for me was when I had guys in my life that would help me understand, well, how do you look at this from a biblical worldview? Like, how should that impact? Because a lot of people want to just lay over and say, oh, don't worry about it, or stick your head in the sedan, don't worry about it. And and I think that as believers, we have to address issues that we see them in as culture and talk about them. Uh, and we choose to do that because these things are in the news. Yeah, and yeah. and Christ is the Lord of all life, right? I mean, He is the Lord of your views on on uh, the world and what's going on in culture. And to not talk about that um, is to, you know, 
not be a, you know faithful in in that part of your life. And I think a, a large part portion of the pulpits in America are afraid to go there on things. So, well, because it's not politically correct. Yeah, might hurt the bottom line. Yeah. All right, we are up against the break, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Sky traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25 this week. We have um, touched on 9 through 20. We're going to look more closely into uh, chapter, or excuse me, verse 21 through 25. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to give a little rundown of what we have learned so far um, with Simon and where his heart was at and what the text tells us about him before we finish up his story. Yeah, well, Simon, just as a recap real quick, because yesterday and um, Monday, we, we, Monday we talked about deconstruction. That's a term that means apostasy. It's just a nice way of saying. It's a you know, modern, yeah, nice way. It's a modern that. way of saying apostasy. Um, there's a lot of people who were what I call celebrity pastors, celebrity speakers for Christ out there, who uh, uh, whether they're Marty Sampson from Hillsong or uh, Josh Harris or other guys, they, they've, quote, deconstructed, but they've walked away from the faith. They're not believers, and they have been for – they've been professing a belief for a long time. And this has caused a lot of confusion um, but I love what R. Scott Clark says that about this. He says that you cannot deconstruct something that is not constructed by man. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 if, if God is real, which we believe he is, and his word is from him, the Bible's from him, you can't deconstruct it. You can say you don't agree with it. You can try to denounce it all you want, but... Uh, that that would be like me just saying, you know what, um, Taylor, you're not here. 
you're not here. Uh, I don't believe you're here. I don't believe you're on the radio. Uh, you, you can say whatever you want to believe, your reality. Yeah, this is my reality. I hear people saying that all the time. In fact, I even heard a guy talking about his son's truth. He spoke his truth. The, the Marine colonel, his dad was on a mm. news program mm. and said he spoke his truth. Nobody has a handle on the truth. The truth is God's. All we can do is either reflect the truth or reflect a lie. Yeah. We can we can further the truth or we can further a lie. But but to say that something is what it is simply because I believe it to be so is that's that's ludicrous. That, that I mean any more than I could say well my bank account has $10,000 in it. If that's not true, if there's no objective truth behind that, then it doesn't matter what my subjective truth is, right? Yeah, and when people say your truth, what they're doing is watering down truth to that of an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. They're saying there is no truth, so all that matters is opinion, and then they label it your truth, right? And so I, I think that's important. And then deconstruction really falls in line with that in that it doesn't – a lot of people, when they tell their deconstruction story, it's a personal story about how they feel about things. It, it doesn't really a lot of times – um, their arguments don't in, engage with the truth or with reality as it is, but rather how they feel about certain things. And so that's why most of the time when I see people's deconstruction, you know, arguments or messages, it's, it's not very compelling outside of the, their own context. Well, know? and it's mostly about Christian faith. You don't mm-hmm. hear about Muslims deconstructing or Buddhists deconstructing. Because yeah, or... usually they convert <laughs> to Christianity. Yeah, right? they do. <laughs> but they don't deconstruct. This deconstruction thing is is – it's rarely and it's it's a fairly new term applied to what Judas did. Yeah, apostasy. Yeah, and I guess and it's also it's a it's a uh, it's a conversion to the atheistic uh, or at least agnostic worldview. Or uh, yeah, and here's one of the things I you hear a lot of the people who quote deconstruct talk about how they're in charge of their life. Mm. They may not mm. say that exactly. But ultimately what they're communicating is now I'm in control, which is a farce. None of us are in control of our life. Yeah. None of us have control over we, – we can't control anything. God's in control of everything. And again, just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean he's not real. There's people that think that we haven't been to the moon. They literally believe that the whole lunar landing is a fake, that it's all been Hollywood – edited film the whole thing was put on by our government and they believe that with their whole heart but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen i talked to an actual astronaut who went to the moon Hmm. i mean he showed he showed me things and talked to me about things that that he went to the moon one of 12 guys who've actually stood on the moon so uh, how do we know the bible's real how do we know it's truth? Well, because throughout time, people that actually experienced Jesus personally and saw him die, saw him resurrect, they wrote about it, and none of it has ever been disproven. There's been no geological errors no or geographic errors, no historical errors that have been surfaced. There's a lot of things that we can't understand, but again, the Bible is made up of spiritual revelation about God and his plan. And so when when you try to deconstruct faith, uh, you're, the only thing you can deconstruct is a false faith. You can't deconstruct true faith. 
because once you're his, you're his. You've been born again, and God's cre- anything God creates can't, is not going to be tear- torn down. I mean, in the sense of, like, if God says it to be, you can't make it not be. And no man can change it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we're looking at uh, Simon in particular in Acts chapter 8, and what's going on uh, in this particular passage is, uh, remember, persecution had hit Jerusalem, and there were about 8,000 believers, uh, actually more than 8,000. There were 120 that went to 3,000 and 5,000 added. And so all these believers were being persecuted after Stephen was martyred. Saul was going house to house, throwing men and women out. And so the persecution uh, pushed a lot of the people out all over Israel. And one of those stories was a guy named Philip. And, and Luke tells the story of Philip going into Samaria, which was a huge deal. And he meets this guy named Simon the Magician who wanted the power that Philip had. Now, it's interesting in the text, and you read it Monday, uh, Brad read it Monday, and you read it yesterday, is that when the Samaritan people were converted and they believed, it said they believed because of the word. He preached the good news about Jesus and the kingdom. But when it talks about Simon, it says he was amazed at what? The power, the the miracles. It wasn't the word that he was converted by. And that's how, you know, a lot of times, a lot of there, there's a lot of modern evangelism that wants to focus on, quote, signs and sign gifts and all that. Seekers always see the signs. The signs don't have to be the miraculous. Not that God doesn't do them, but, but, our focus should be on the preaching of the word. That's what Romans, Paul says in Romans, you know, how will they have faith if they don't hear and how they're going to hear unless someone goes and preaches? How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news? And we talked about what that good news is. It's the word euangelizo, which is uh, salvation and our God reigns. In other words, our sins being forgiven and his lordship over our life. Those are two parts of one thing. They're not separate one's not a second level thing which it a lot of times it's taught as well you first you get saved and then he becomes your lord that's a later discipleship issue it's not when when you come to christ you cannot be reborn if you reject his lordship i mean he's not going to come into your heart and save you until you're ready i mean the thief on the cross for him it was at the end of his life mm-hmm. and uh and so uh, we see in Simon a picture of a false convert, and we see four barriers to true conversion, pride, um, uh, independence, uh, a superficial, unchanged heart, and then uh, seeking God's blessings rather than God or seeking to avoid uh, God's judgment instead of seeking God. And so... There were plenty of people throughout history that wanted to avoid punishment, that they didn't seek God. They weren't righteous men, but they knew they had done wrong. Knowing you've done wrong and not wanting to do wrong or wanting the punishment is not true repentance. That may be a small part of it. But King Saul knew he had messed up, but he wasn't repentant. Pharaoh knew he had messed up, and he felt bad, but he wasn't repentant. And so we looked at these issues, and we saw in verses 9 through 11 
False converts care more about pursuing personal glory and ambition rather than God's glory. And Simon's faith was not in Jesus, but in the miracles. That's where his faith really uh, rested, it seems, because of the language that Luke used. But second, we also saw that false converts follow the ways of the world and not the ways of God. And he tried to buy the power that was in Peter and John when they came and they prayed and the people received the Holy Spirit. And he goes, I want to buy this here. I'll give you money. And they go, whoa, whoa, this is wrong. And and they he said, your heart's evil. You're in the bond of iniquity. And so they did not want to follow the ways of God. Uh, at least Simon didn't. And, the, and so now we're in verses 21 through 25, the last part. And we're going to look at these two issues today that the person who is a false convert cares more about seeking fame and influence rather than a renewed changed heart. And they also care more about avoiding painful consequences. And so read verses 21 through 25, and then we'll probably have to break for the news and we'll come back and we'll kind of unpack those. All right. Um, From Acts chapter eight, Acts eight, verse 21 through 25. And, and Simon has already been baptized. He said he's believed, been baptized, and is following Philip. All right. Uh, but Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of inequity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many to many villages of the Samaritans. So, yeah, so that's it. So they basically, they were preaching the good news after that. But we'll come back and we're going to look at each one of those, how he sought fame and influence rather than a changed heart. He was rebuked by Peter for it and how he wanted to avoid painful consequences instead of really seeking God. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. Stay tuned. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25 this week. Today we are finishing up uh, that look. Uh, well, we'll talk about it again on Friday, of course. But um, by looking at chapter, or, excuse me, verses 21 through 25, uh, we just read that. Um, and now we're going to do, uh, dive into what uh, P- 
Peter said to Simon and then what Simon's response was to him and how that shows us the condition of his heart. Yeah, well, because I think a, a lot of people read this passage and they go, well, why are you so hard on Simon? Like, why Why do you think he's not a true believer? Well, a couple of things in the text that you you just read. He said that you were in the bond of iniquity. Well, iniquity, always in the scriptures, when you see that, refers to what? Uh, when you think when 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 the word iniquity is used, uh, I would say like sin. And, yeah, uh, I mean uh, m- m- most time you're it's it's sin itself, yeah. right? You're talking about sin, and so uh, when he says, you know, you are in the bond of iniquity, um, uh, it, the bond, the word bond there it means actually uh, something that restricts your freedom. It's something that that uh, holds you, keeps you. I mean, it binds you together with iniquity. Uh, and you know, um, the the word iniquity uh, actually uh, it just means the whole concept of sin. It's it's injustice. It's something not just. And if it's unjust, it's not from God. I mean, so so he is in the the bond of that and he goes on and notice what he says in verse 22 peter talking to simon says repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the lord that if possible i mean he's saying if possible uh, meaning uh and and this is um if you know it's something that may exist or happen but it's not certain now think about what he's saying it may exist but he's not certain then your heart the intent of your heart may be forgiven you as a believer do you ever have to worry about something being forgiven you if you're his child no cuz all of your sins, past, present, and future, were paid for on the cross. That's true, right? Yeah. So when Jesus died, he paid for every one of his children's sins. Those people that are his, he paid for their sins. So if, when Peter says, if possible, in other words, something that may exist or happen, but it's not certain or probable, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you, that would indicate to me that he's not a believer. Well, yeah, and I, I guess like go back to the bond of inequity, like looking at thinking about that. That, you, that means you're a slave to sin, right? Because mm-hmm. inequity is wickedness, yeah, um, uh, immorality. So, yeah, I mean that's pretty clear right there. And uh, yeah, not, something I never, I guess, really thought about too. Well, and so I, I just wonder why people want to defend Simon. It's almost like some people want to defend Judas and say, "Well, we don't know that he wasn't a believer." Yeah, yeah. because people want to hold on. And a lot of times this happens because we have loved ones that we that prayed a prayer at some point, walked an aisle, got baptized, got confirmed, whatever. uh, And but they've never exhibited any fruit in their life. And and they don't follow God. They don't follow Jesus. They're not. They don't want to read the Bible. 
They don't have any desire to spend time with God, to go do what God commands them to do. But they're a believer because they prayed a prayer. They're a believer because they got baptized. They're a believer because they were confirmed. Those things don't make you a part of the family of God. Those things are visible, external uh, indicators of something that has taken place on the inside if it happens. But we live in a time where there is really, Taylor, an apostate church. Mm. And and tomorrow we're probably going to hear from our guest, uh, Michael Gendron, about that because Michael Gendron was – very much a false believer and he talks about that and when he shares and uh he i'm sure he's going to share tomorrow but when you look at most people when in fact the disciples themselves when they looked at sign or when they looked at judas judas was um nobody would have guessed judas was an unbeliever he was the one who was going to betray they didn't know because that's why they're asking well who who is it who is it right and um, and so for us today, when we look at churches, people want to hang on to the, the fact that, well, they said they're a believer. You know, they, they, they said that, you know, I know they prayed a prayer, um, but the a lot of times it's temporary faith, and it fades just like in the parable of the sower and the soils when there's thorns, weeds, rocky soil that doesn't have mm-hmm. a deep root. Uh, it's only temporary and when persecution or affliction, some kind of temptation, tribulation comes, uh, and people have some kind of religious experience or they make a public profession, but when the demands of the Christian life confront them, they go, I'm not in this. So that proves that they were never there anyway. Right. Yeah, you don't see any fruit of a change. and You're really talking about a heart uh, thing. So for people to be like, well, I know he said a prayer one time, but you never see any change in their heart. In what they really believe, um, I mean, it's kind of like uh, what's the what's it called? Like a, I can't remember what the Muslim term is for if you're in a Christian land, you're allowed to lie and say you're Christian. Yeah, yeah. In your heart, you're holding on to the faith of Islam. Well, that's what, the same thing. Oh, I I prayed this prayer to be a Christian, but in your heart, you're still wanting to be the Lord of your life. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. We leave out the whole idea of. Um, of lordship we don't talk about it because there was a big controversy uh with john MacArthur and and when he he wrote a book called uh the gospel according to jesus and people said well you know you're you're adding works to salvation but for most people in this country our our gospel presentations geared around a very human centered gospel mm. And we left out something that the Jews would have known in the good news. The good news was not just about redemption. The Messianic Jews understood that it wasn't just redemption. It was redemption and kingship. They had a king. They had a king that would lead them. Right. For most of us, we want a savior but not a king. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and, and our faith is a temporary kind of faith. It's not a saving faith which includes a total reliance on Jesus, not only for salvation, but for your growth in your life. And and so um, believing in what he did on the cross, but, but also believing in him for everyday life. 
and and a lot of people don't do that and um and, and I, that, well go I, I gotta say to think that uh to be saved um by grace uh through you know obviously um my faith through grace alone like to be saved that that would not produce a change in your action to say oh well you're demanding works for salvation. I, I think that's a disingenuous argument, and not only that, it doesn't really align with church history as far as how most people have understood what it means to be a Christian. So, um, I, I knew you're talking about John MacArthur and people saying, "Oh, you're adding works to it." I, I don't think that is. I think that's being unfair to maybe the heart of what's trying to be said, because clearly, to be a follower of Christ, <laughs> you follow Christ, right? Uh, so. That would necessitate. Well, you 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 would, but going, see, they action, would say that's movement. even legalistic. Though, to say to call people to follow Christ, they would say that's being legalistic. So, are they like Rasputin, who thought that <laughs> uh, you know he's he's a Christian, and so the more he sins, the more the greater God's uh, glory is because he's able to save even him as a sinner. I mean, that's uh, there is that's a that's a heresy that has been around. Uh, for a long time, obviously in the early church, but then, like I said, with Rasputin, he would go around and uh, engage in carnal activities because he said, "Oh, that makes God's glory greater." Because now, the more I sin, um, you know, the the greater His glory is, and that He can redeem me. Uh, that's just—I'm not saying that's the same thing, but it's kind of going along the same sort of thinking. Well, if we look at verses 21 through 23, what we see is a heart that's not changed. It's a superficial faith. Now, Jesus in Mark chapter 4 and Matthew 13, where it tells a parable of sowing the soils, Mark 4, he says, you're not going to understand any parable about the kingdom if you don't understand this one, because the disciples goes, what does this mean? It's a parable, the sower and the soils. Farmer throws seed out, hits hard ground, nothing grows. Hits stony ground, it grows, but it wilts when the sun comes out. Hits other soil, it grows, but thorns and weeds choke it out. Finally hits good soil, it grows, produces fruit 30, 60, 100-fold. And so... Those two parables are, are laying out that Jesus, when he explains it, the first one, Satan comes along and steals the gospel right when it goes out, or the word as it goes out. The second, the stony ground or rocky soil takes root right away, but because there's no deep root. In other words, it's not rooted in the Holy Spirit. This is a human buy-in without the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, changing your heart. And so... When temptation, tribulation, and persecution comes, it wilts. And the other kind is the thorny, weedy soil, and that's when the cares of the world, the riches, the desire for riches and seeking those things, it's not denying self. And so this was Simon the magician. He wanted the power. He didn't want a changed heart. And so he sought fame and influence rather than a changed heart. And so he was a false convert. And then in verse 24 and 25, we see that it says, and Simon said, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you said may happen. He doesn't ask to have his heart changed. He doesn't have ask for his eyes to be opened. He wants to avoid the consequences. And that was the fourth uh, mark there of a false convert. They, they want to avoid painful consequences Rather than following Jesus and knowing God, they seek God but not his blessing. And when we come back from this break, I want to give some verses in the Bible about seeking God 
and what he says about that, and we'll kind of cap it all up to end the day. All right, before we go, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of you listening online, wherever you are around the world. Um, also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in folks in Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25 this week. Today we are focusing on verses 21 through 25. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Taylor, I wanted to give you this quote by Alexander McLaren, who was a preacher. He says, a heart right in the sight of God is the indispensable qualification for all possession of spiritual power or any blessing which Jesus gives. In other words, if your heart's not right, if it's not his, then then you're not going to have spiritual power. The very thing that Simon wants, you can't mm. buy spiritual power. But notice in verse 24, that Simon, when confronted by Peter, did not ask for Peter to pray for a changed heart. He just wanted to avoid the consequences. He sought God, not his blessings. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all my heart. Not my blessings. You seek me. Psalm 119, 2 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. I mean, God is looking for people that seek him, who are who who want him, who want a relationship with him, who who want to uh, have their sins forgiven, not to avoid hell, but so they can be in a relationship with God. That is eternal life. 
Eternal life is being with God the Father. We, we tend to just think of it as some place we're going to go to when we die. But you get to experience it here and now. Life with the Father, mm. knowing you're never alone, your sins are forgiven, the creator of the universe. You know, when I go outside and I look up in the stars in the sky and I, I see the stars and I think, God made this and I can be in relationship with this God because my sins have been forgiven because of Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, it made it possible for me to be in right relationship with my creator. And up until that point, I couldn't be. And so uh, in verse 25, when Luke's writing, he says, when, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they had returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. It's talking about Peter and John there. And what's interesting about that to me is that remember John and his brother James, when the Samaritans rejected Jesus at first, what did they want to do? Call down fire. Yeah, they wanted to call down judgment on them. And Jesus said, whoa, you guys don't understand. That's not why I'm here. And now here John is with Peter, and they're preaching the good news. That's that word, euangelizo. They're they're euangelizo. Your God reigns salvation is here happiness is here peace is here that's isaiah 52 7 they go throughout all these places preaching that did they um did did they say that call down fire or was it judgment from heaven was it fire from because i think it was fire but it was fire symbolic of judgment which you know it's ironic though is he came back and brought the fire of the holy spirit yeah (laughs) but they did want fire but there was the judgment yeah God, god Fire was always symbolic of God's judgment. Um, but, you know, as we as we look at this text, I want to just go back and recap the four uh, barriers to true conversion that we see in, in Simon's life and then principalize those things. And just first just list them, pride, independence, an unchanged heart, and really uh, the wrong priority with God, seeking his blessing and not him. It's kind of like uh, your dad buying you a TV and you love the TV more than you mm. love your dad, you know, or a car, whatever you want to pick, the gift. It's, it's seeking what your dad can give you, not the relationship with your father. Yeah. And those are the four barriers. And how are they principalized? Well, false. we see it in Simon's life in that he, he cared more about pursuing personal glory and ambition rather than God's glory. John chapter 5 uh, Jesus deals with this, and he says, listen, you, you care more about the glory of, of man than you do of me and, and the glory of God. And and so we see that as one principle. False converts care more about that. Second, they, they care more about following the ways of the world than the ways of God. So we let's analyze our own life. Paul says examine yourself and see what, you know, whether you're in the faith and hope you hopefully you'll pass the test. Well, what do I care more about? Do I want to depend on myself or am I depending on God? Am I caring more about God's glory or am I caring more about my, my, my ambition? And third, do I care more about a changed heart or personal influence and wanting to be an influencer out there? Uh, and finally, do I care more about avoiding painful consequences? And that's the only reason I'm seeking God because I just don't like the other way. It's going, to lead, it's going to lead me to this place, so I might as well try 
Jesus like I try drugs or alcohol, and hopefully that'll work out. That's not what happens. Now, can God work in those kinds of things? Yes, he can, but that's just not the normative experience. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just kind of, Mike, I got a question for you about Simon. Um, I guess you can't really know, obviously, from the text. It's pretty clear where he's at, but where he went from there, I guess, is an interesting uh, thing to question, right? Because at the very least, what's to say the fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge, getting wisdom, uh, he was at least afraid that the Lord would do something to him. Um, so in that respect, it would seem that uh, Peter responding the way he did was really the best avenue for hopefully Simon one day coming to know Christ as his Lord and Savior, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but we don't know. Yeah. Nothing is ever said about him. And people want to say, well, we don't know what happened. You're right, we don't. But we do know what happened that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that day he was not a believer. Yeah, and we can, and th- and then therefore take that and learn from it, like you know, kind of what you just laid out. Uh, and then I, I guess maybe people can see themselves and right. And I mean, there was a time where I was uh, doing things for the, the wrong reasons, right? There was a time before I was saved, and so I can see myself in Simon. Um, but I know where I'm at now, right? So it's okay to say, well, we don't know what happened to well, with him. Well, but see, here's here's the thing with with Simon. We, like I said, we know what is revealed in Scripture, mm-hmm. and you got to be careful when you try to go beyond what's revealed because it, if it if God wanted it to be there, He could have said. And then years later, Simon trusted, you know, and right. really had a real conversion experience, but he doesn't. Yeah, because it, it's not the point of what the text is trying to convey. Right. Yeah. Same with the um, the rich, the rich man, you know, where uh, he says, you know, I've kept all the commandments and God says, well, OK, do one more thing. Sell all you have and come follow me. Mm-hmm. It, he, it doesn't tell it tells us he went away sad, but doesn't tell us if he changed his his heart then later because he realized where he was at. But the point of that was to tell us the reader and uh, about the condition of our heart and where it should be at. And so in that respect, it's not relevant what happened after well, it, it, listen, and people are welcome to call in. We only have a couple of minutes, but if they want to call in, they can call in 844-777-7928. Um, but I, I, I want to say in this case, we have a true biblical preacher. He's preaching the good news. And and Simon believed, he was baptized, and he was following him. And he's a false convert. But today in our culture, we have a lot of false teachers and there's people who are being deceived by the enemy into thinking that they believe, but they don't believe in the right thing. They, they believe about Je- They know about Jesus. They mm-hmm. believe about Jesus, but they believe about him like they believe about George Washington being the president. It doesn't have any impact on their life. And I think it's really important for us uh, to consider, and our guest tomorrow is going to really talk about this too, I think, uh, Mike Gendron, you really want to tune in tomorrow because he is a he's a guy who was a false convert, and he's going to talk about that. And he goes around the world teaching about being deceived and false converts and all false teaching. But what's your source for truth? Um, you know, Jeremiah, he, he, he said this. Uh, he said um, that, you know, if you put your trust in man, you will be cursed like a withered bush in a barren desert. However, if your trust is in God, you will flourish like a tree planted by the water. And I think a lot of people today 
put their trust in man. Christian teachers, if if I'm teaching, but I'm not explaining the Bible, and I'm not using the Bible to get uh, wisdom for how to deal with things, we may disagree about it. But what's my source of truth? For me, it's the Bible. I hope you've listened long enough to know that the Bible is my source of authority. And we can disagree on about a lot of things, but the bottom line is if we're going to talk anything uh, to talk apples to apples, we start with the Bible. It is my source of authority. So if it says something, then that I believe is God's word on it. And, and it's our truth. It's not my subjective truth. It is his objective truth. Uh, but we've got to, uh, use the same scriptural kind of standard for all these people that are teaching God's word and, and not think that it's subjective so often because we're having a lot of people who are false converts today because they like people who teach. They're enamored with the people that are teaching because they're funny. They're good. We live in a celebrity culture. Um, but I love what the Bereans did. They looked in the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. That's what you should do. If you don't know the Bible, you need to study the Bible. Next week, we're going to look at the Ethiopian eunuch. We're going to look at Philip and what they did. But, folks, if you do not have a Bible that you read, if you have one and you're not reading it, don't wait. Start reading. Start in the book of Matthew or Mark or Luke and John. Start reading about Jesus and ask yourself, what does it say about God? What does it say about man? Does it give me a command? Is there a promise? Is there anything in this that surfaces something in me I need to be doing? Let God's word be your source of truth in life, not the media, not the news, not other people. Let yeah. God's word be your source of truth. All right, that's good. Uh, we are done for the day, though. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 